Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab podcast where we bring to you the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the owner and founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS companies. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Ritis from Omniscent. He is the co-founder and CEO. And thank you so much for being on here today. It's a pleasure having you. And before I get into anything else, I do want to mention that Ritis was very, very kind to provide anyone that is watching or listening to the podcast with a 30% off for three months. All you have to do is use the code PHANTOM. And now, why don't we get started? Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, um, you know, a little bit about background, where you're from, and, and kind of how this whole thing came to be. Hey, it's really great to be here. Thanks for inviting. Uh, yeah, definitely everyone can, can use this opportunity uh, with code PHANTOM at the checkout uh, while deciding to, to, to upgrade. Uh, to a premium account uh, at Omniscient. Yeah, so so my background, actually, I have graduated political science some time ago. So I, I have ended up in, in, in like digital business in, in, in uh, like more than 10 years ago, uh, running, running, establishing and running a digital marketing agency at that time. So, so we used to serve our customers, like develop them websites, uh, online stores, Facebook applications. We used to be like extremely popular at that time and do uh, email marketing. So that's how we came up with the idea to, to, to launch uh, Omniscient, what Omniscient is now. So uh, back in the days, we have launched this uh, this tool, with this SaaS product five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, for like almost two years, it was it was as a side project of still like earning money from agency operations and investing in, in into products. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess it's quite uh, quite common um, story for for those who kind of uh, shifted from the agency activities to to, to, to a product. So we just uh, saw at that time we saw a need uh, of our e-commerce uh, customers that they have some specific uh, specific need and the generic email service providers they don't like cover 100% of their needs. So uh, there's kind of a specific need and a niche uh, for ourselves to, to, to launch a product and to, to, to help online stores to really uh, retain their customers better and increase their sales definitely, which is the most important thing. Yeah, so uh, so like five years ago, we have launched a product with, uh, with a promise to, to make it uh, super easy to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it, it seemed to be like really complex thing uh, for, especially like for those uh, starting ones, uh, entrepreneurs who have just started their business. Uh, so we we have started with those like very very beginners, and uh, then we grew as our customers grew, and now we are kind of mainly focusing on a bit grown up companies like established businesses, and then then we do serve those who really want to uh, make their marketing like a bit you know bring it to another level, yeah, to the next level like you know. Ditch, ditch like Mailchimp or other generic uh, email service providers, and 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 go to market real marketing automation. And uh, another huge uh, transformation which has happened uh, a couple of years ago, it, it has started, and now we continue doing that. So from generic, from just email only to omni-channel thing. Mm-hmm. So we do cover like different channels uh, within the product to can automate your market marketing activities to to retain your existing customers uh, via email via text messages sms uh, like push notifications uh, facebook messenger uh, viber messages and then synchronization with google ads and then facebook ads so all this uh, yeah all this uh, tool set is is in one product now 
as far as actually, you know, creating the company and obviously all the development that went behind the actual product, do you have a technical background as far as like developing or did you have to find someone to do that? Cause I feel like at times, you know, especially for like early, early on entrepreneurs that want to come up with a product, um, they don't necessarily, if they're not technical, obviously they don't really know where to start or like what to do. So what can you kind of like bring, you know, or, or, or show it to people or tell people that how do you go about really putting the two and two together? Like, how do you know what you need when, when you're not a technical founder? That's a very good question, I would say. So, um, uh, in our case, as, as we're two, two co-founders, so we were lucky enough as we had agency. Mm -hmm. uh, so we had technical people in, in, in house and, and like, uh, uh, the, the core team, the core team, uh, I guess eight still of us, uh, uh, within like Omniscient today, today, uh, we work from from like you know agency times for almost ten years together. So, so we had technical people. Uh, other than that, if you are just you know um, have an idea and you want to launch a SaaS product, uh, so you definitely need a technical co-founder. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if or if you if you have already a team, as it was in our case, so that's good for you. If you don't, so a technical person is definitely important to to have on board. Okay. And as far as, you know, the actual marketing piece of it and not necessarily marketing Omnisend, but marketing for your clients at that time, right? Mm -hmm. It looks like you, you found this problem that every single one of your, you said e-com um, clients had where they weren't necessarily, they weren't able to have like an omnipresent approach um, to their marketing. So before Omnisend, how were they trying to kind of, you know, put all those things together? Was it using multiple different softwares that it was just like super hard to like put everything, you know, in, in one place and it, you couldn't really see like how something would interact with something else or what, what kind of things like, what was the trend that led you to understand this issue? Yeah, ex exactly. So as you mentioned, so, uh, so I would like to cover here like the difference between like omni-channel approach and multi-channel approach so a lot of a lot of online businesses they do have uh multi-channel marketing and they do they do send emails they do uh use another tool for push notifications they do show retargeting ads on google and facebook uh and that's that's good i mean that it works right. but what's what's the key difference is that a part of just having it in a more convenient way that you have single dashboard and you can track all the things in a single place is just you know a small piece of that but mm -hmm. the real value of it is uh, once you have it in with one, one tool on one channel on one funnel and on one flow you can really do it in the most effective way so just you know example of a simple or the simple flow let's say louise was uh, uh, browsing your online store have added some products to her shopping cart and have abundant that shopping cart so usually what what, what do you do so you use uh, email automation tool to send uh, emails uh, you might have some pixel added to your checkout uh, page and uh, you start a targeting campaign etc and you you start all of those campaigns at once. So you're bombarding your customer with so many messages. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing, which is not like, you know, it's not, uh, not a polite way, not the best way just, you know, to remind the customers about, about something in the 
in the way uh, they want it because you just use every every channels which are available uh, for you so it's kind of one thing and another thing is really cost effectiveness as you again start doing uh, start using all those different channels uh, at once and you pay for all of them immediately so uh, what do we recommend an omnichannel approach is that okay you start with an email let's say and if Louis still ignores you, he does not come back to complete the purchase you wanted, then you send a push message, maybe then you add uh, text messages, the SMS, which is a bit more costly. And only if still he's ignoring you, on the venue, uh, start showing retargeting ads, which is the most expensive way to do it, uh, to, 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 to reach your customers. So, so yeah, so our, our customers, our customers they, they usually use different tools to, uh, to cover cover those needs uh, for, for those different channels and yeah but when uh, doing we, so it becomes an ineffective process yes ex exactly and you and you know and once you're using different tools for to, to for, for for doing that so you don't have you you don't synchronize your data right. so you lose really like personalization angle and thing and you don't know who did what and and you don't have like single customer view which is which is absolutely important as you know data is becoming more and more uh, important data actually allows you to personalize marketing and, right. and people love personalized marketing they don't they hate like being bombarded with mm -hmm. too many messages so yeah so you usually you lose your, your your data it's not being synchronized once you're using different tools how do you kind of you know because there's I feel like there's a fine line between personalization right and then like getting too personal where you kind of like start to freak people out and they start to get a little bit uncomfortable because you know so much about them and then there's also the other side of the spectrum where you're not being personal enough so how can omnisend help you like stay within that line that's going to be i guess you want to call it the safe place right and not kind of go overboard with with something like that uh that's a very good question so my answer is such questions or similar questions, uh, which we definitely do receive, is is that uh, usually people they are willing to exchange their personal data, uh, exchange into more personalized advertising in, in more personalized communication. So just you know, if you do it in in, in the right way, that means that you uh, get up to. Uh, you have permissions, permissions to use different channels to communicate with a person. So. We, so it's kind of up to up to your customer to choose which channels uh, he or she prefers to use to communicate with you and and uh, and you know of course they do understand that you're going to track the activity online and, and once they give you a permission so kind of nowadays everyone understands that and usually people are willing to exchange that for the brands we trust of mm -hmm. course so um I mean, if you just apply good, good, good practices and you don't bombard your customers too much with, with messages, if you definitely get their consent to, 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 to communicate with them. So uh, it's always perfectly fine to, to do that. And, and, you know, of course, leave an option to unsubscribe easily uh, from any, any channel, the, the one once, et cetera. So, uh, so I would say like addressing a question is just you shouldn't really worry about about that fine line just you know apply apply good practices best practices and then get consent uh, leave an opportunity to unsubscribe anytime and that's uh, that's good enough
Right. So just really just leave it up to the client or the, the customer, like how much do you want to give us and then how much can we use with that? So I think that's perfectly okay because essentially the customer is the one giving you the access to everything. Right. Um, yeah. As, as far as the actual, you know, growth of OptiSend, um, and I think you mentioned, I think the product's been out for about 10 years now. Is that correct? You know, so so we we have started the agency uh, ten years ago. So the product is five years. Okay. For for two yeah for for two years it was kind of still a side project which was not earning money, <laughs> and then we focused. So yeah, I would say like five five years in general around three years uh, full time. Okay. And so first, how did that transition go from having an agency with all these clients and then trying to shift over to Omnisend? solely so was that the only like were you trying to just go separate ways like you had the agency and then move on and just use omnisend or did you want to maybe somehow keep both going um so it was one of the best decisions so far uh made uh, in 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 this business so uh once we decided to decided to focus and really to ditch the agency activity at that time that was kind of phenomenally interesting once we kind of made a decision that okay we are not focusing on agency uh, anymore and we are like uh, gradually uh, gradually sunsetting those activities we have increased uh, our prices uh, and so it was like highly profitable <laughs> at that time i mean it was like the best best years uh, in the agency um, activities okay well we had already uh, uh, market presence. I mean, we had uh, we had a portfolio of, of customers, of great jobs done. So so it everything helped. But but yeah, that that was a decision that okay. So we just gradually sunset. Then we uh, kind of um, uh, sold the, the the portfolio of of the customers for another agency and fo and focused on on omnisense uh, marketing automation tools. So. So yeah, so to, to make that focus was one of the best decisions so far as uh, we, that was not like, um, how to say, at that time we were not like 100% sure if we're gonna succeed, but uh, uh, but that risk uh, paid off. And, uh, right, which we'll never really know until you actually do something. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But just, uh, you know, one of the lessons is that like focusing on something really helps you to uh, to achieve uh, better, better, yeah, better goals. So as far as actually getting the product out into the market, like I'm sure that you were using it for your clients that you had, right? Because that's, that's the main reason that you built mm -hmm. up the product because you saw the need within those specific customers or clients that you had in the agency. But once that transition was done and you were focused on OmniSend alone, what were kind of like the main actions that you and your team were taking in order to start acquiring new customers for OmniSend? Yeah, so we have tried quite quite a lot, and the the, uh, the way initial initial initially was like really playing uh, playing in uh, within ecosystem. So app stores, so Shopify, BigCommerce, uh, Ticktail. At that time, unfortunately, this platform no longer exists. But at that time, it was a really hot startup with. Uh, uh, millions, uh, hundreds of millions raised. Uh, so, so yeah. So we kind of managed uh, to jump in into the ecosystem, into the app stores, uh, and initially it was like uh, the sole, the sole uh, customer acquisition channel, something similar like Google Play or, or right, right. You know, 
that yes, web store. So yeah, the app store. So so that initially that was uh, the, the, the key customer acquisition channel, mm -hmm. and uh, then we have started like expanding, expanding, working more on like SEO, um, just brand awareness, uh, partnerships with agencies uh, who do um, marketing on behalf of their customers, uh, sponsorship of of events, etc., uh, etc. Et yeah, very cool. And as far as like the, the number one thing that your products or your products that your customers love about OmniSend, what would you say that feature is? Is it the reporting? Is it, you know, being able to see everything working together? Yeah. So I, I would say it's kind of initially it's, it's uh, how, how easily you can, you can start doing, uh, doing quite robust things uh, with just, you know, a few clicks as a lot of, a lot of this preset, we have kind of deep default presets, etc. So it's kind of very, very, very easy to start using and start benefiting from that. And uh, afterwards you can, you can customize a lot. So, so I would say that's, that's, that's the, the, one of the most loved things is how easy it's just, it is, to start mm -hmm. to use and how robust and sophisticated you can you can customize you can personalize things once you uh, you know get into the product a little bit and to start understanding better what exactly do you need. How does the process of onboarding new customers look like for Omnisend? So it depends. We have two two uh, two kind of customers. One's uh, like purely self-service. Those like a little bit smaller ones. So you just uh, create an account where it's a 14 days trial uh, and you, you play around, you, you make a decision, you connect your store, which is, which is absolutely in our case, it's very important to, to, to connect with your online store. So if you're using like Shopify or Magento, e-commerce or uh, like WooCommerce, it's uh, as easy as just installing a plugin, mm -hmm. ready-made plugin. Uh, if you have your homegrown or any other e-commerce platform, so so you just uh, you need to code a little bit. Uh, we have Open API, so you can you can okay. integrate, and we do synchronize a lot of data, which really helps you to afterwards to 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 to, to make a better marketing, like really get a lot of triggers, have a lot of data around your customers and have this like a single customer profile, which is definitely needed, needed mm -hmm. is needed to, to, to run proper marketing activities. Yeah. So, yeah. So you start to start uh, like this. So it's one is self-service group and another group is uh, larger customers, which usually uh, require or they want uh, like uh, sales, like, high-touch sales process then we do a demo we do we do introduce uh, capabilities we do discuss what uh, whatever their goals and is omniscient the right tool to, to to help them with their uh, challenges uh, for their marketing activities yeah so so we do have account managers uh, here and then account managers they, they help them to onboard Alongside with with like videos recorded uh, for 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 like different different pieces of, of, of the tool to, to to achieve different goals. So, yeah, but mainly it's either self service with a lot of pre built things or it's uh, guidance and assistance uh, by made by account managers. Very cool. That's awesome. And as far as like, has content marketing been a piece of your marketing strategy at all? Yes. Yes. And what kind of content are you putting out? Is it more like case studies of people using Omnisend and them seeing like 
you know, the results and, and what kind of that, that was able to bring in for them, or is it content around something else? So it's kind of, I would say two, two, two kinds of one is uh, educational. Uh, one is education. So how to things, how to, how, how, how to achieve, how to, how to automate your marketing activities, how to do it in omni-channel way, uh, how, how to use different channels and then, then what is the best combination and then that's different. Uh, what is what is customer life cycle? How 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 to uh, how to play with that? Uh, best was kind of more more like educational one. Um, so, so second piece is that case studies about how 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 did our customer succeeded with with us, and um, that's important. And then the third piece is uh, which is which is very important and it's being quoted quite a lot. So we do have uh, we already have quite a lot of data. So we we have more than fifty thousand online stores. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, using us so both like on free and paid plans. Uh, so we do have premium models. So so we have like millions and millions uh, emails uh, being sent every day and text messages, and push notifications, etc. A lot. So we do analyze a lot of that data and we do publish. Uh, uh, some 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 researches. Uh, what is the best like uh, time to send an email? What is the best combination uh, of like email plus like push notification or so? And we do make infographics out of that and uh, do press releases and and uh, yeah. So there's kind of third piece, which is which is uh, very very important for our content marketing. Guess it's the most quoted. So if we talk just purely about like backlinks we get, so that's that's the best tactics. <laughs> you know, you you create something unique which can be used by other sources um, totally. as as a primary and original source. Mm -hmm. And as far as user feedback and really understanding, you know, what kind of things people are looking for, uh, new features that you might want to roll out, and and the roadmap, like. How do you kind of put all those things together? Yeah, very good question. So NPS is definitely a great, uh, great um, method of, of getting customer feedback. It's just, you know, such a that simple uh, idea, but such a brilliant idea. So we do use NPS quite, um, quite a lot. It's, it's, it's one thing uh, alongside, we do have sometimes conduct like more, more in-depth customer researches. Uh, uh, on what, uh, how do they use the tool, etc. Uh, after after that, it's a lot of feedback, which is uh, which is being collected by our support people, uh, by our salespeople. So once our existing customer, prospective customer, um, is 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 asking for something which might be not uh, in the product yet, uh, or maybe the use case is a little bit different, is something new which we have not. Uh, thought uh, about uh, yet etc so we do collect all all this information and we do uh use the tool called product board okay. so us again so uh like all the information is being collected there finally and we have uh, now we have like separate person who really analyze all of those requests and groups them so um there is a qualification so if, if the customers are larger you get most like uh, more points uh, that request, and if, if the customers are smaller, uh, then a bit less points, and you just, you know, it's you get each feature request gets the score at the end of the day and then goes to product team. Yeah, so that's that's kind of, you, 
user user voice is yeah. is, is 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 absolutely important. Uh, alongside alongside, we do develop something which um, which is kind of unique ideas, and, and even our customers are not requesting, but we think that it might you know differentiate us uh, in the market. So uh, so like omnichannel customers were not requesting that. Yeah, they just it was something that was kind of obvious to you. And it, you, you probably did a lot of research to see if there was anything like it out there, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So those two ways. Like one is customer feedback, properly collected, uh, grouped, uh, scored, uh, and 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 then uh, ends up as a roadmap alongside with our own ideas. How do we see the the future of of online marketing, and what should be developed although the customers are not requesting yet and now that we're speaking a little bit more about the features and, and the roadmap of Omnisend, what is the number one thing that the team is currently working on to bring out into the public yeah so uh, currently <laughs> currently currently so uh yes yeah at, at, at the moment we are recording this uh, so i would say like a month uh, a little bit more more than a month ago uh there was kind of mailchimp and then shopify uh, which is uh, important oh, yeah. for our ecosystem the that they had yeah so kind of mailchimp is not anymore supported uh, like native integration is not anymore supported um, on shopify platform so we do get a lot of customers migrating from mailchimp and they are looking for, you know, um, they are looking for new tool, but uh, but uh, but they are looking for some uh, Mailchimp-like features there. Although we have uh, solved something a little differently, so, so some of those which are kind of the most requested again uh, collected uh, in the customer feedback way. Uh, so now we are currently like you know. Um, uh, making some features to please those migrating customers to uh, to lower them uh, the barrier of, of migration uh, to lower the learning curve um, of a new product so it's kind of current things yeah and and yeah another another huge piece which is which is going to be like original so is a lot of reporting so we just have launched a, like reporting new reporting dashboard with a lot of insights so it's still like v1 uh, now is live and it's going to be developed uh, a lot mm -hmm. like improving uh, the, the customer profile view how much data you see around each customer how that you can group you can analyze much more than than you you can do and now so that's going to be a new uh huge thing very cool very cool and now we'll, we'll get into a couple of more personal questions for yourself um and <laughs> there'll be maybe it could be a little bit harder to answer this one but essentially what's something that you're not very good at when it comes to you know your, your position oh, oh what i'm not good at um I'll, oh so many things <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure sure like very very many things i'm not good at um therefore i'm trying to 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 find great people to surround myself with with great people so i'm not good at development i'm not good at uh, product roadmap i'm not good at, i'm not the best at marketing even although the product is uh, marketing. about marketing yeah but but uh, yeah i'm not i'm not like super good in customer uh success but uh i do have i do have people we do have people right. in the team to cover those 
uh, roles and really um, to master things. Cool. Um, yeah, so I, I would say there is no no like single thing uh, which mm -hmm. I'm not good at. Uh, there are so many <laughs> of those areas. <laughs> and to kind of see the other side of the spectrum, what is one thing that you know that you're really, really good at? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm really like uh, super good at that, but uh, I'm trying to, 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 to make myself better. So as I strongly believe that the, the key role of, of uh, CEO is uh, in the company is really to motivate people and to really find, find talents and uh, uh, bring the vision for them and empower them. Uh, so I guess like, uh, you know, uh, finding finding great people and empowering them to to yeah. deliver great results so that's what i would like to be great at mm -hmm. and i'm really like working on that uh, awesome and how are you working on it um reading uh thinking uh talking to team members uh, and how can things be improved and I'm really really open for all the feedback and then and, and, uh, I'm trying to do that and yeah I, I get like both good and bad feedback from 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 the team sometimes so so hope that means that shows that you know people are really honest and they're not afraid cool. to uh, to, 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 to criticize me sometimes. Uh, so that's, that's very important. So, yeah. So, you know, internally, uh, working with people and asking, asking the help to, for you to become a better leader, uh, and externally. So, you know, learning from, from other leaders, uh, reading, reading stuff, reading books. A hundred percent. And when you're looking for talent for the company, what is like, you know, if, if you could find one trait and if you would hire someone based on one single trait, what would that be? I would say it's cultural fit, uh, which is, which is uh, more important uh, than, um, than a skill set. Mm -hmm. uh, like skills are very important, but if a person does not fit culturally uh, within the organization, so you will not benefit from hiring that person. And usually it really, either you're going to, you're going to separate soon or, right, right. or, or yeah, or if you're going to both of you like try to keep that going, so it will start to ruin your organizational uh, culture, which is, which is uh, very important. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think I've ever thought of something or, or culture, like being one of those things, or it, I would say it's one of those things, but maybe not the top one. Um, but I think you have a, a really great point. You know, if they're if they don't fit, they might stay for a couple of months and then leave. So eventually, it's not going to be a good fit either way. And everything else can be pretty much taught. You know, it's it's skills you can learn those over time. You can train and, and so on um, and all that. But really, culture I think that's almost ingrained in people, and and that's going to be a lot more difficult to change in someone than you know, just teaching them how to do something specifically. Um, and there's tons of trainings out there. So I think that's a, that's a really, really good point. Um, now, if you had a piece of advice for any other entrepreneur or SaaS founder out there, um, whether they're early stage or already, you know, have some years behind them, what would that be? Uh, at early stage, I would say like really find a monetizable customer pay for for any entrepreneur. So uh, I see a lot of great ideas of startups, uh, which, uh, which, and 
I had a couple of tries previously, which have failed. Mm-hmm. A couple of, of startups uh, failed because we did not manage uh, to find a really monetizable customer pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a huge difference between a nice to have product and the must have product mm-hmm. or, so, or solution. So, so it's really be brutal honest with yourself. Is, is your solution, is your product really nice to have or must have? Mm-hmm. If it's must have, someone will start paying for that uh, really early. If it's just nice to have, you might, you know, uh, get stuck in, in the, into great numbers in, into those vanity metrics that, you know, installs are growing, but, uh, but you know, no one is paying, uh, nobody's using um, active enough, or maybe even using actively your product, but, but no one is paying. So I would say it's kind of for... Uh, for 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 the early stage uh, entrepreneurs who are just starting about uh, or, or thinking about right. uh, how how to start their own venture. So, and for uh, for for the um, for the later stage, I don't even know. Uh, I I need I need advices. Although working is. Yeah, although something is, is kind of good with the company, yeah. it's 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 the revenue is doubling, uh, like year on year, everything is fine. But uh, but um, I don't know. Just just yeah, keep keep innovating. I would say that's probably especially if it's like SaaS. That means that it's tech industry somehow, right. and the competition doesn't matter what you do is really. Mm-hmm. It's, Huge, and if you just stop innovating, uh, so you're gonna you're gonna uh, get lost. And uh, yeah, and maybe yeah, this is another. I'm not sure if it's like only for founders, but what I what I keep saying for the team is really strive for progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that would be the piece oh. of advice. For just for, just become a little bit better each day, but I mean you will never be a perfect. Neither your product gonna be, nor your team you're gonna be, but just you know, just become a little bit better each day. One hundred percent. And just to kind of go back of what you said for the advice for the early stage founders, um, how how can you put, how can you find you know something that will be monetizable? Um, let's say if if you have um, like a free trial model where you're trying to get your new customers, what is I guess you know the next step after that? to start finding whether or not these people will actually pay for it. So just, you know, uh, the trial, as we kind of a few days ago had a discussion about the, 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 the purpose of trial. So the purpose of trial is really to, um, to, to help uh, uh, prospective customers to, uh, to understand capabilities of a product, but not actually use it. Uh, so, so it's, it's, it's a tricky thing, but just, you know, find, find the ways where you restrict, uh, your product usage as it's enough to understand that what the capabilities do they, uh, reflect my needs for the customer, but, uh, but not actually use it. So even if you have, uh, 14 days, which I would not recommend to have longer, uh, as we had initially, 30 days, and then once I see some, uh, once I talk with just you know uh, starting entrepreneurs, they do a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
a lot of them they do like 30 days initially yeah uh, so shorten it to 14 days or maybe sometimes even to one week um, it depends on the case but yeah just think how how to how to restrict and what happens when but you show the capabilities of your product and uh, that's that's a good uh, you know catalyst to see that if once uh, your potential customers they see whatever capabilities of a product and you restrict them of, of really uh, from using it uh, so they either pay or they leave so mm-hmm. awesome. that's, that's the best way and as far as other SaaS companies that you kind of look up to you know whether it's it's for their culture or their their actual product what are some I guess ins, inspo um, companies that are out there for you yeah, so I would say like uh, intercom uh, they are doing a great job. Stripe, uh, it's not like purely SaaS, uh, but but so, so, so something like similar. Shopify, definitely, yeah. it's it's huge. We are we have we have great relationship with them. Uh, we are we are kind of one of the top solutions in the ecosystem for for marketing automation. So uh, that like close relationship really helps us to see uh, things from from. Uh, both from uh, side and from inside sometimes so really a lot of things to be uh, to be learned how really a great product uh, was built uh, from from the very beginning and then and then great uh, great timing was was chosen for for uh, for raising the money and uh, as they have not raised like initially for quite many years uh, they were bootstrapping but then they made the decision to raise and it really um, you know kicked them out to absolutely new level so yeah, I, I, I would mention those companies totally and Ritis, last question do you have any questions for me <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what would you be your advice for me my advice i feel like we didn't necessarily go too much into like what you're doing as far as marketing other than the content and stuff like that but i think it's pretty much it goes hand in hand you know, with, with what we, what you are doing at OmniSend is just the omni-channel approach. Obviously you want to make sure that you're everywhere and, and really leveraging all the power that technology has been giving us. Um, and I don't know if you're doing paid advertisements or not for, for OmniSend, but I think, you know, when, when really trying to scale, if that's something that you're trying to do, one of the things that you can do that is very successful is educating people and, and again, that's why I asked the question about the content is educating people, you know, and, and kind of driving them down this funnel. And you can use a lot of different channels to do this. It doesn't have to be just like Facebook ads or Google or any of those. You can just drive them down a funnel with different channels coming in where you're kind of providing them different pieces of value or information that are going to ideally get them to understand that they have a problem and you have a solution on top of that, people trust you and you have all these companies that are currently using you and it kind of puts everything together where it leaves them really without any objection. So a lot of the times people don't, don't, you know, subscribe for something or purchase something is because they have objections to it. Right. So they either don't know how to use it. They don't understand the product. They either don't trust it because they don't really know who's using it. Um, they have a price objection where maybe it's too sp- maybe it's too pricey or maybe they don't understand the true value of it. So they don't give it the value that you've given your product. So it's really overcoming each one of those with different pieces at different points in time, because everyone, you know, the, the, the life cycle uh, of the, I guess, the journey of the, the funnel 
you kind of break it up where you are showing them things just how you want them to perceive them. So you can teach them more about the product itself to get them to understand what it is and what like the capabilities that there are. And then once they know that, like they already understand that you are a solution that they can use, but what's next? Well, you know, what's the cost, right? Like that's going to be a pretty big investment for someone, especially if they do it for a long run. Um, so then you have to kind of give them incentives to try it out. Maybe you can do a free trial or maybe you can do risk-free days um, where you pay and you give you, they, you know, cancel them 15 days and you can get them their money back um, and things like that. And you can show them uh, video testimonials are huge uh, and you can just have those literally running on, on various channels where it's just telling people like, Oh, I was able to increase return on investment by 200% by using OmniSend. And every time they see that, like who doesn't want to do that with their company? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, it's just kind of, keep showing them over and over again, obviously with different pieces of content, if you use only one, um, you know, only one testimonial, it might be repetitive and, and maybe not too credible because it's the same one over and over again. So just switching it up um, and making sure that you're really telling a story and at the same time, educating and overcoming those objections. Thank you, Luis. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. As I said, you know, it's, it's, uh, I need devices. Everyone needs <laughs> Yeah, I really love this this idea about about video testimonials. Yeah, it's, it's really good. We've seen it work with a lot of clients, and and mm. you know, if if I can provide that information to anyone, I'm happy to do so. Cool, thank you. Yeah, really, it was not on even in our kind of idealist. Uh, Thanks. Of course, and uh, to anyone that's watching, that's pretty much the end of the interview. And I really appreciate you, Ritas, for being on here today. It was it was truly a, ple- a pleasure having you and, and learning a little bit more about yourself a lot more about OmniSend and how companies are using it to really bring all their marketing into one place and and being able to understand how really they work together, right? Because typically you have people that are using like 10 different tools to do, to do one thing, which is increase sales and, and really having everything in one place and seeing how that's going to trend and, and, and what kind of things like, okay, let's move this thing and, and let's, let's try to tweak this one and seeing how that actually going to, um, you know, move the needle is, is, is invaluable, I think. So um, um, thank you for creating a great product for people in the e-com industries. And I think you might be able to, I think other people, other industries use you as well, right? Yes. Yeah. So a- anyone who has uh, online transactions. There you go. So just, you know, and then we create value. Others can use as well, but, uh, you know, we create value as, as, as much as uh, any other uh, marketing tool, but but for those who do have online transactions, we are very valid. There you go. Awesome. So again, where can people find you online? Um, Omnisend.com. Uh, yeah, personally myself, I prefer using LinkedIn or Twitter. So mm-hmm. so mainly LinkedIn is my top top uh, preferred social network. So definitely let's let's connect there. Yeah, connect uh, with him. Yeah. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Send him a tweet. Send him the uh, LinkedIn message. Whatever it may be. And uh, you can find me at Camacho.ftm on Instagram, Twitter, and you can find me on LinkedIn as well as Facebook. If you're not part of the Facebook group yet, make sure to join SAS Atlab Facebook group. And if you want to be on the interview, let me know. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, and all those things. And we'll see you again. Thank you so much, Ritas, for being on here. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Bye-bye.